Welcome to the SN Sport Extra Time Podcast, sponsored by Askew Brook. We make the web do more and powered by Grandon Graphics. Really pleased to be joined on the SN Sport Extra Time Podcast by former Scarborough FC defender and former Scarborough Athletic player and manager. It's a mouthful. Paul Foote, how are we doing, Paul? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me on. No, it's been a while. We, we've been trying to get you on. For, I've, I've been hoping to get you on for a while now, and obviously we've, we've got round to it. Um, how are you keeping? Yeah, um, all good. It's been a strange couple of years, hasn't it? Now with the with the COVID, um, but yeah, get, keeping myself fit, trying to get out and do a little bit, um, trying to keep the kids sane, trying to keep me and me and my wife sane. But looking forward to getting back. Uh, my boy plays football next week, so that'll be good. And just looking forward to getting back to normal, Dan. A bit of normality will do us all a bit of good, I think. Well, the sun's shining at the moment, so th- things are picking up, aren't they? Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. Yeah, I thought I'd logged on to the wrong call then. You look very different. You d- we just touched on your fitness uh, your fitness <laughs> regime. Just touch on what that entails and, and what you're doing work-wise these days as well. Yeah, so I come out of football about four and a half years ago. Um, I got a job at Siemens Gamesa in, in Hull. Um, and it was shift work, so basically it kind of, kind of um, stopped my football career or my football management career. I was at Barton at the time managing. Um, kind of probably had to grow up a little bit, Dan, and choose work over football for once in my life. Um, but I did that, and that's where I've been for the last four and a half years. Um, so you just mentioned the fitness. Then I'd put on a little bit. I think I'd got up to about sixteen stone. Um, I think we all have beginning a lockdown. Yeah. Definitely, mate. Beginning of lockdown, I was meeting up with my mate who was going for a beer rather than a walk. Um, I put, put on a bit of weight. So then recently, um, Tommy Coyle's got something to do with Siemens. They have a Coyle health plan and they've done a boot camp. So I jumped on it, mate, and I put everything into it. Um, and recently, I've lost two stone. I'm down to 14 stone now, which is fantastic. And um, I don't know why, but I started growing some hair. And I think if a lot of people are on me now, mate, I think a lot of people would be surprised. I've got this barnet that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> I like it, like it. It's looking, it's looking better than my bloody barnet at the moment. We just said a lot like a bit. From, I think, uh, like, <laughs> like I said, I ain't had hair for about 20 years, mate. And um, I just started growing it. And I thought, what's the worst that can happen? And yeah, I'm, I don't know at the minute, mate, it's all right. Looking good, mate, I've got to say. Looking good. Um... Yeah, we'll just touch on your career. We've got quite a few questions sent in, so thank you to everyone for sending the questions in, as always. Um, we'll just we'll just touch on your career before we get on to that. So let's just, just touch on the early days when you were sort of like 13, 14, 15, and, and how you evolved into, into senior football. Yeah, um, when, when I was younger, I just played for a local club, Baron Boys. Um, I never really had any trials, never was really at any clubs. I was, I was pretty raw, I suppose. Like that's probably been a word that's touched with me for a lot of my career. You know, even when I first came to Scarborough, I was pretty raw. Um, and then from Barham, I went to a club called Hall Road Rangers uh, under a guy called Paul Moss. Um, and from there, they had they had the under 19s reserve team, first team, and quickly got myself up into the first team. I think I was playing for the first team, maybe at about 17, uh, 18, and that was in men's league. So I think that that's probably where I got my, probably my tough mentality of, you know, being that 
that that centre back really, um, that no nonsense centre back as as it was back then. Yeah, and then just touch on so so you get into the first team then. I presume you establish yourself and and where, where's the next kind of path for you? Where's the next move? Yeah, so then from from Hall Road, I, I had a few trials when I was at Hall Road. Uh, probably the memorable one was Sheffield United. I went there for a week. Um, really enjoyed my time there. In fact, at Sheffield United, when I had a trial, um, was when I first met Tyrone Thompson, who right. then eventually I played with him at, um, at Scarborough. So yeah. it's funny how, you, how your paths cross. Um, then from Hall Road, I went to Bridtown under Billy Heath. Um, that would have been about 18, I think, then. Um, then, I, then I went to Frickley for six months and then I played a game against North Ferriby. Uh, basically, Brian Franz basically said to me, how come a Hull lad is going all the way over to Frickley and not playing for Ferriby? And it was basically a case of, well, you haven't spotted me, you haven't come and spoke to me. And he was like, well, do you want to stand? So I went, yeah. And that's the first time I met, met Brian Franz, really. Right. And okay, okay. Our relationship just grew from, grew from there with, with Brian. Yeah. And, and how did your time there go then at, at Ferriby? Just just touch on your time then. And when when did the move to Scarborough come about? Did he move to Scarborough from Ferriby? Yes. So it'll have been back in 1999-2000 season, I think it was, that I actually went to Ferriby. Like I said, that's the first time I met Brian Trance. Uh, I mean, what a guy he was. He was, you know, if anyone ever asked me about a favourite manager, it'd be Brian. Um, you know, bless him. He, not a... Not, tactically great and a lot of people would probably moan about him in that sense really but for me as a man manager and for me what he was like with my parents what he was like with my girlfriend um, just what what a guy he was absolutely awesome so I just always wanted to just play for Brian really um, yeah. and my love affair with North Ferriby started and I was there right until till 2004 and then the kit man stroke physio at the time was at Scarborough, Martin. Um, and I think that's how it come about me getting to Scarborough, really. I think they'd noticed me playing at Ferriby. I was doing pretty well down there. And that was at the back of the 2004 season. Um, and the idea was, I think, for me to just come in pre-season to have a trial, kind of see what they thought of me. And that's how that come. But unfortunately, that the year, that 2004 year, that's when they played Chelsea. Um, and I was a bit good really because I just I knew that there was sniffing around and I knew that there'd been talks of me going for a trial but unfortunately I missed that game and uh, oh. I had to go for my trial at the beginning of the next season bloody hell talk, just talk through that obviously because I mean we won't just skip over your time at, at Ferriby but just touch on going into that trial uh, who the other defenders were and and your mindset were, were you one that was nervous going in or did you believe in your abilities so much that you would you would go and do well no, uh, always been quite a nervous kid when it comes to football, but ju but purely because I want to be the best. Um, mate, I was nervous coming on here. I, I wanted to, uh, you know, I want to come across well. I want to, you know, I always wanted to be the best that I could be. Um, so going to the trial, I, I remember the first day, mate. Now clear as we went up um, the mount, which was a which was a right right eye up. Brutal. Uh, yeah. People, there were people being sick up there. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, mate, I'd been used to some pre-seasons down the foreshore near Ferriby and, you know, there was OK. I went to Oliver's Mount and, wow, what what a week, what a first week into, like, full-time football for me that was. 
Yeah. Who's uh, the manager at this point? Uh, Nick Henry. So Nick, Nick Henry, Henry yeah. Yeah, Nick Henry and Neil Redfern. Um, I remember going in to see him that, that morning. You know, I remember it was saying that we was doing the pre-season. I remember Steve Baker. I met, met Steve Baker on the first day. Um, I had like a kind of an instant connection with Bakes, really. And to this day, still get along with him, still speak to him. Um, he kind of helped me along the way. Um, and I just remember us going out. And I remember Red is just basically saying to me, just give it your all, really. Just go and get stuck in. And fitness was never really one of my key key um, strengths. But I just really went for it because I really wanted it. I really wanted that opportunity. I was 24 at the time, so it's quite late getting into a professional team. Mm. Um, so I, I just gave it my all. And they actually, they actually offered me uh, a contract on that same that first day. So wow. Wow. I must have, made a, must have made a good, a good impression. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And just touch on what it was like to go into a full-time football environment and, and how, you found your, how you found your time at Scarborough FC. I mean, the club was in a bit of turmoil by this point, wasn't it, from, from what I'm, I hear? Yeah. Um, I mean, that first day was scary. And like I said, I met some, met some good people down there. Um, Bakes being one of them, obviously you mentioned Tyrone, then Lee Walker, you know, some 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 good lads there. Um, Redders was absolutely fantastic with me in my first year, and I'll, I'll never forget that. I got given the number five squad shirt, and he was the number four. And so on match days, I'd always be sat next to him, whether I was sub or not, really, because that's how you all sat. And um, I just always remember him giving me little little words in my ear, and you know really helping me on. But you, you, you mentioned then coming into a full-time club. Obviously, I'd been part-time. I'd worked on building sites. I'd not done academies, or back then it was YTSs. I'd not done yeah. any of that. So I was, I was pretty raw. Um, and I don't think I did believe in myself, if I'm honest with you, Dan. I don't think I believed that I, was, that, I was, that I was meant to be there. And I think looking back now, like reflecting on it, you know, what, 16 years ago, I think, I mean, yeah, 15, 16 years ago, 17 years ago, I think it's one where I wish I could have gone back there and not really cared about what any of the other lads thought of me, not what any of the other uh, management thought of me. And I kind of wish I could have gone back now and just, just just got stuck in and do what I know I can do, really, yeah. or what I could do. I suppose it would have been more regret for you now had you not impressed, like you said, on the first day and been offered a contract and then had a pop at it. But I suppose, like you said, then... Later on, do you feel that lack of belief cost you a, a full-time career going all the way through in the end? Um, maybe because but, uh, there was a few things really. I mean, the first year at Scarborough was fantastic, and I've got some I've got some really good memories of that first year. Um, the second year wasn't so good. I got a hernia, and um, I don't really feel like I was looked after fantastic and I'm not passing the blame there I think it could it was my own fault as well I think I could have done more I think I could have stayed behind and trained harder gone to the gym trained harder but I don't think I was never given a proper plan out to get out of like my injury I just got sent to the gym it was a crown I just got sent up to there on a daily basis and never really looked after managed properly to get myself back in that 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 team right um, but I know there was going through difficulties so Obviously, there's you know, there's a lot more going on there, and I don't pass no blame. I take like my own responsibility in that, and I think there's a lot more I could have done. I had a young daughter at the time, and I'm brand new into football. Was finishing at like one o'clock, two o'clock. I think I took that opportunity to get home to see her and to spend time with, with my girlfriend, and rather than think I'll stay 
train, do some extra runs, you know, practice me heading, practice like whatever it may be, go to the gym, knock about with the rest of the lads, get to know the lads more, be more of a full-time player rather than see the opportunity to to go home and see my daughter, which I saw that as a positive, you know, being a new dad. Must must have been hard, though, like you say, because most players, I imagine, do have that academy upbringing and then they go into clubs and they're at clubs and then they're going alone and then they find their way down to the level where Scarborough at the time. You've taken a big step up, haven't you? And you, like you say, you were working part, working full time and playing football part time. So it must have been a bit of a shock to the, kind of a shock to the system, really, for you to, to go straight into this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I actually took, <laughs> I actually took less money to go and play for Scarborough than actually working, like say, on the building site and playing for Ferriby. Yeah. Um, I was actually on less money and. Because I wanted to play, I wanted to be a professional, uh, and I wanted to be in around that environment. So, yeah, it was a it was a, it was a big shock, but one I like I said, one I loved, and you know, I've got mixed feelings of that time at Scarborough, the first one, purely to maybe how it ended, but the first season was fantastic. I met some great great lads there, got some great memories. Played in front of, I mean, the, we played against York around Christmas, we beat them five one. Um, absolutely fantastic! I think you know. I watched it the other day when you told me he was doing this. I, I, I just typed something on YouTube. Yeah, and I, mean, I think there was over five thousand fans there and beating five one. I mean, all the Scarborough fans will remember that. And it was what an experience that was for me to be involved in, and that's the, the memories that I take from my time there. Yeah, we have had a few questions, and so I don't want to go into too much detail at the moment. We'll obviously pick up on these things as we go through the questions as well. So. Just maybe come, coming towards the end of your time at Scarborough, did, did you know that you were going to be leaving and how did it come about and how was that handled? Um, well, I think, obviously, the club was going into administration. There was a lot of issues with, with the money, um, not getting paid and, and stuff like that. And I go back to probably me being that raw kid coming off a building site or, and getting paid every week. I wasn't having it. I didn't have maybe a couple of grand in my bank every week, like maybe a few of the other players. And I spoke up a lot. And I, I was a bit more like, well, I, why are I getting paid? Going knocking mm. on the door. I, I want my money. Where's my money? Type, type attitude. Um, you know, I know I did it for fun, but you do it for the money. Like if you had, if I plastered your house and you didn't pay me, uh, you know. Not being funny, mate, but he, like you just touched on there, you had a young daughter. So yeah, exactly. Responsibilities change there, don't they? So definitely. So, so I was a bit. I probably didn't paint a real good picture of myself in in one way at the end because I was a bit outspoken in in certain ways, um, and it probably wasn't a very enjoyable time. I wasn't playing much. I'd, I'd I'd had my hernia in the second half of the season, and they brought some new more new players in. And I just want really in. I don't feel like I didn't feel like I was in Red as his plans really, because mm. um, obviously Nick got sacked um, and Neil Redfern took over at the end. And I think Scarborough was just doing whatever they could do to to have to keep as a football club. But ultimately, I think they all knew they was going into administration. And if I'm totally honest with you, Dan, it, it, it's a bit of a blare at the end of it. I just kind of it just kept, seemed to fizzle out, and I ended up back at North Ferriby. Right. Just touch on how that came about then, obviously. You were obviously a fan's favourite at Ferriby. You said it was an amazing time in your first first spell there. So I imagine the move was quite straightforward, was it, to go there? Yeah, I, I remember that again like it was yesterday. I was sat in my living room and I remember Bra France and uh, Steve Taver 
he was the uh, the guy who sorted like out the, the the all the documents and the forms and that. I remember him coming around to my house. He had a signing on form in his hand, Brian. He come in and we made me and me and Sadie made him a coffee. He sat down opposite me and he was like, "Right, what do you want?" So I told him what I was on at Scarborough. He said, "Okay, we're signing now." I went, "Yeah," and it was as easy as that. <laughs> That's a bit of like leave it. Yeah, I won't on much at Scarborough, so I think I was. I think I come back, went back to Ferriby as like one of the top earners, but that's what I wanted. He gave me, he wanted me back, and I went there. But I, I maybe shouldn't have gone back there either. I maybe should have gone Harrogate Town at the time. I think was interested. A few other higher clubs was interested, but I think because of maybe a little bit of love lost in football, and I knew how much I loved Ferriby, I think it was a case of go back to Ferriby, go get myself another job. You know, again, the young family comes into mind, enjoy myself again, and you never know what, what might happen. And I think I, I was probably a bit too harsh on myself, thinking maybe I wasn't good enough to go elsewhere, and probably just took the opportunity to come back to Ferriby, really, to where I knew where I knew I was loved and where I enjoyed it. Yeah. Was it easier to transition into full-time or, or out? What was kind of harder? Was it harder to come into, into Scarborough from the lower leagues and get used to that? Or was it harder to come out of it and go back down and, and kind of know you're taking a step down? Um, what, was, what was harder to, to transition into? Um, probably going to the, 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 the full-time side of it and having that professional, professional like mindset of, like say, after training, maybe staying behind and doing a bit more, um, maybe watching what you eat, maybe watching what you drink. Maybe, you know, just that professional side of it rather than the semi-professional side of it where, you you know, you know full well you can get through 90 minutes. You know full well, you you know, who you're playing against, you're good enough to, to get through that game. Coming up against some players in that conference, mate, there were some good, good players. And, you know, you had to be on your game week in, week out to to, to succeed, really. And that, yeah. that's one thing. It was a big, big eye-opener. Yeah. So two more questions on that. Did I presume it improved you as a player going into Scarborough? Then? So when you went, I presume you went back to Ferriby a better player. And also, you've touched on the on the, on a lack of self belief there. Did you almost go back in with your chest puffed out a bit, knowing you were loved, knowing you played a higher level, knowing you were dropping down? Did you did you feel like a, a more confident player going back in as well? Um. Yeah, so on the on the last question, yeah, I think the, the older I've got, the, actually, the more confident I've got with stuff, I suppose it's a little bit more you believe in yourself, don't you, a little bit more, and you probably, you, you, you care less about what people actually think or other people's opinion on you, and you just do what you do best. Yeah. So I suppose going back there, we just I just went back and just did what I, I knew I could do anyway. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I suppose you just yeah, I just went back there and just and just and just cracked on. I mean, like I say, my time at Scarborough the first time was fantastic. Met some great players, um, and, and had some really really good times down there. And I would I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it because everything that I did there it makes you into what you crack on to be after that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how was the, how did the second spell at Therby compare to the first spell? Well, thank God, I ended up staying there till for so from two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. I ended up staying there till two thousand and thirteen. So I ended up staying. We had some great laughs, some great times. Um, we had a 
proper togetherness. Um, won won a won a lot of trophies. Yeah, travelled all around the place with that bunch of lads, and um, ended up winning the winning the treble 2013, and that's that's when I eventually left to come back to the Scarborough Athletic. So it was a bit of a to and fro, to and fro between both clubs, really. Yeah. Just touch on the highlights of your time. I don't think we've got any questions. I think more questions are based on Scarborough. But just touch on, uh, are there any kind of games or periods at um, Ferriby that stand out for you when you look back at it? Um, yeah, loads. I mean, just touching on one for the, the highlights at Scarborough FC. Uh, yeah, we had a game against Dagenham away and we won 2-0. That was probably one of my best games that I've ever played. Me and Steve Baker at the back. Was fantastic. You know, really, really, really good game. And and the one against um, York City when we won five one at Christmas time, you know, was was absolutely fantastic. And another one for Scarborough FC was my only goal. I think I scored. Um, I equalised against Kidderminster and we drew one one. And they actually brought me on at half time and I played centre midfield, which I always right. played centre back. But I think Redders was out and Neil Bishop was out, so they brought me on in centre midfield. And you know. Really enjoyed it. So there was like memorable games there. The memorable games at North Ferriby, um, one, Neil Allenson was in charge and um, we just got to the playoffs and was away at Boston. It was a Tuesday night, but it was the, one of the games where if you get beat straight out, you know, there was no two legs to it. And we was getting beat 2-0. There was loads of fans there and it was just a great game. There was... It was just real raw, loads of tackles going in, you know, and I, I was right up for it. I scored a goal to get us back to to one and nearly, I think, hit the bar right at the end. And, you know, everyone was just pumped up. We ended up losing, but it was like, you know, one of them games that just, mm. we should have won because it was a really good feeling, really good. Everyone was like right up for it. And, you know, I think if we'd have won that playoff game, we'd have ended up going up that year, really. What level did they get up to, Ferriby? What was the highest? Did they get up to the conference at one point, was it? Or was it conference? Yes. Yeah, they got up to the conference, didn't yeah. they, at one point? Um, then and won the trophy. So they had, when I left, yeah, that's when they went to the highest. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that. No, no, yeah. So we, we'll hold fire there with the, with the discussing your career because I don't want to touch on anything um, Scarborough. Athletic related too much because we've got the questions. So what we'll do, we'll fire into these questions and then obviously we'll pick yeah. up on as, as we go. And then obviously we've asked you to pick, pick you one to 11 of players you've either managed or played with for Scarborough. So we'll come on to that. How yeah. hard was that to put together? I imagine there were some good players in that, in amongst that lot. There was. And to be honest with you, when I've gone through it, I've had to kind of put people's names next to people to kind of <laughs> make sure that I give them a, a, a comment, really, because there was some good players along the way. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Right, uh, Big Borough fan Stuart Welsh has been in touch. Does Paul remember running the length of Boob and Crescent to celebrate with Christine here when he scored against York? Yeah, yeah, de definitely. Well, I, didn't, when when you always ask about um, there being some people asking questions, I uh, could have put my house on it that Stuart would have asked me a question. <laughs> what a top guy, always, big, big always, always, always had time for me, and I always tried to make sure I had time for for him and his lads, and you know, and his family and his friends, because just a great guy, like you say, a big big Borough fan. And yeah, I remember it. Like I touched on that game anyway myself, and you know. What a great feeling that was! Then, um, what a game! And yeah, yeah, really, really good memories of that game. Really, 
And I'm glad, I'm glad she was asked. He's asked three questions, so we'll get on to them shortly. But in terms of atmospheres, is there a game that stands out? Is that game, in terms of atmosphere, the best you've experienced? Yes. Yeah, that was, that was definitely one. And uh, another one, we, we had to play Exeter. And I think, I think Exeter was playing Man United a couple of games afterwards in, in one of the Cups. So I think it was one of them where all the fans have to go you know, to get tickets yeah. so they can get allocated it. And there was absolutely loads there, absolutely maybe seven thousand or something like that. And I, I remember Wacker in goal was like, like you know, like pointing behind him, like saying, "Boy, look at all these guys, mate." It was, it was a bit intense, but very good. But yeah, the, the York games was outstanding, both at home and away. Yeah, fair enough. Stuart's second question is: uh, When Paul rejoined Scarborough for the second time under Rudy Funk, was it always going to be him, Gary, Chris, and Steve, or did it just work out that way? Um, I think at Ferriby, like I said, I touched on me being there a, a, a long time. Me and Brad has built up a, a very good relationship and Chris Balder then come, come along with that. And then obviously Steve Ridley, Ryan Williams. We all kind of, it was a great atmosphere down there. Really good, good atmosphere. We'd stay in pub all night together and, you know, really good friends. And I think then, yeah, when we left Ferriby, we all kind of got, I think me and Chris got offered a pay-as-you-play when we was on a, a, a pay, paid weekly. We got paid pay-as-you-play. So that was, that was kind of why we left. And I think Gary just didn't really like how he fought very big treaders. So that's right. why he left as well. Yeah. Um, we didn't really leave with, with bad bad feelings. It was just, I think we thought we maybe would have got offered offered a better deal at Ferriby at the time. But that is what it is, mate. You know, that is football. But yeah, we all left. And then I think Ridders. I think Ridders got offered the same a page you play. So I think he knew how much we'd all become good friends. So he wanted to come down to Scarborough as well. So, But it seems like Gary's, me and Gary have gone everywhere together. After that, we went to Hull United together, Barton together. And then he actually works at Siemens with me. I'm right on the same team at Siemens, so I can't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in touch later on, don't worry, that's fine. Um, but it's not like... A negative there, or was it? Because obviously all of you guys did a really good job at Scarborough and highly thought of it, so it worked out quite nicely. And there's a lot of that in football, especially at non-league, isn't there? Who you know, can you get in touch with him? We'd like to sign him and players in car schools, and it happens a lot, doesn't it? Definitely, I think that that's a big thing. Is is non-league? Is, is like you say, the car schools, the who you get along with. I think that that's you know, if if you get it right, that's what creates. That's what creates success and what, what creates a good team, really. Yeah. And you, you're working all week for that weekend. So you want to be with people you, you get along with well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Stuart's last question. Again, we'll come on to the management side of things shortly. Um, does Paul think it was a mistake to be joint manager of Scarborough with Brian Hughes? And would it have been better to have had one as manager and other as the assistant manager? Yes, definitely. I think that if I looked back at my time now, I would have probably said to Brian, you'll be the manager, I'll be the assistant. Um, if I look back at my time now, I shouldn't have been a double assistant manager under Rudy Funk. I should have carried on playing. I think I stopped playing too early. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a question that I've looked back on on myself many, many times. I, I 100% should have, I maybe should have took up a coaching role there instead of being the assistant manager and then, Maybe again, like when Rudy left, I should have said to Brian, no, you take it, mate, and I'll be your assistant manager so that I could have continued playing. It, yeah. it wasn't right for me at the time, but it was obviously at the time, you think you can do it all. And 
I'm, I'm quite a passionate person wearing my heart on my sleeve and thought I could probably do it but looking back definitely definitely one that I would change yeah um, Matt and Dowie man you know very well also says do, do joint managers work because it's not something that's worked very often is it you, you see the likes of uh, Julia and Evans and it's, just, it's not happened very often has it and it's quite strange I mean the Cowley brothers I suppose you could argue that's worked but they're they're brothers at the end of the day but touch on the dynamics of the relationship why it was you two and sort of how it worked and and even just touch on things that didn't work and through no fault of you yours or yours what didn't work yeah um well why it was us two was probably the more senior players in the team to start with uh, obviously yours's experience and where he'd been i don't have to even talk about that we all know what what Brian's done in the game and why he is so highly thought of. Um, myself, probably I was captain. I was outspoken. I wasn't afraid to say what I say, what I wanted to say. I think that, that that obviously just probably made me that natural leader and that person to take that next step. Um, what worked, I mean, me and Brian get a lot, got along fantastic, still do to this day. I mean, that was one of, one, probably one of the pluses of it all is the connection that we ended up getting and the connection that it's gave me, him, uh, Sadie and Gemma to this day. Now we, you know, fantastic friends. Um, but we were two so different. I mean, me and Brian speak about it now when we whenever we catch up about how, you know, our time there. We were so different. And I think sometimes maybe decision that we maybe thought different of, we had to then make do. So then the making do of that then doesn't work, does it? Because you're not you're not going into it a hundred percent. You're not going into it with all your passion. You know, you know, you maybe don't believe in it that much. Um and we we didn't maybe have one of us to go, no, I'm doing this. Whereas if I was manager and he was assistant, I'd say, No, thanks for your thanks for your input, yours, but I'm doing this. Or vice versa, if it was me, you'd have said, like, well, foots, thank you, but no, I'm doing this. And as an assistant, you respect that decision of the manager. Um, on the plus side of it, when we first took over, I think we got a really, really good response from the lads. I think we just missed out on playoffs. Um, and then in the in our second season there, we had some really good, really good um, views on what we wanted to do with the team. And we had a really good start. I think we, was, we had that, we'd had the best start of any Scarborough team in a long, long time. I think we were you know, in the first eight games or something like eight or nine games. We had great views what we wanted to do with the youth team. I think looking back, there was two managers that brought in. You know, had Jamie Stewart. I think he was an under-19s player. Um, and a few more under-19s players. So we interacted with them. We got them involved. And we had some really good ideas that way of trying to bring a full club to bring the youth into it. Um, but yeah, it just it just didn't work, and it obviously obviously ended how it did. Yeah, were there any kind of, kind of not falling outs? Because like you say, you get on well with with Brian Hughes, and you have done on you ever since. Were there any ever kind of? I imagine there were weekly debates about things, and like you say, very different approaches, very different careers in the game. Um, was your approach to the, to the to the tactic side of things very different? And and how did you kind of meet in the middle? Was it a lot of compromise or? Yeah, there was, there was a lot of compromise. I mean, I think, don't get me wrong, it, it wasn't all negative. I think we both complemented each other very, very well. 
you know, his, his, his background is a professional background, played in the Premier League, played at the highest level mm. that he could play at. So he brought everything to the game that there was. But obviously, my life, I'd been in non-league. So I brought that non-league side to it. I brought the grit. I brought the, uh, brought the determination to it. And, you know, I think he knew that. He, he's, not, he's not daft. So he, he, he knew what I brought to it. So, you know, when I am maybe saying we need to hit the channels, you know, them, them, them sayings, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when yours wanted to play out from the back and pass, he knew that maybe we had to go along and, you know, hit the big man or something up front. So there was plenty of debates. We used to travel in with each other, plenty of conversations, um, plenty of compromise. But we, we got along well and we, we, wanted the, we wanted the final outcome to be the same. So there was never any any um, any disagreement on there, and like you say about arguments, there was never any arguments because ultimately I had I had the utmost respect for Brian for what he did. So I think if anything, if anything, I probably went went with Brian more than more than anything because of what he did, what he'd done, and I think I'd have been stupid not to really. Do you think, looking back now, that one of you should have, um, when things were going badly towards the end, and you, maybe your jobs were being spoke about or on the line, do you think one of you should have gone to the club and said, right, this clearly isn't working, Brian can take over or I'm going to take over and had a pop on your own rather than it, I don't know, you know it's going to go the way it went, but is there a tinge of regret that you didn't get, a, one of you didn't get a chance to go at it as your own man? Yeah, definitely. I don't think I ever would have gone on it, gone, gone as my own man because I think that if Brian had left, I'd have left out of respect for Brian and out of loyalty for Brian. Right. I think we was we was in it together, so I'm gonna f- go out of it together with mm. him. Um, I think, yeah, we should. I think we did have. To, I think we did have a chat with with Dave at the time, and I think we did maybe talk about one of us being that man and you know being the assistant. Uh, I don't really know how that didn't materialise, or or maybe it was just a maybe it was just a conversation one night that don't you know don't ever you know go to anything else like type yeah. thing but yeah definitely like I said 100% Dan I, looking back if I had had my time again that is the one thing that I would have said to Brian you'll be the manager you're more experienced you've got the, the knowledge you know and I'll be your assistant and I think the one big thing for me is I should have continued playing because I was good enough and at the time when we was leaking in goals when we didn't have much character when we didn't have at the end you know you, you want that them, them lads to stand up and be counted. We didn't have it. We didn't have the characters, and we thought we did, but we didn't have the characters. And I think that if I'd have been playing, I'd have definitely brought that onto the pitch because I think everyone knows what I was like once I crossed that white line. And I think that that's that's my regret there, regarding the team before I got before we left. That's one thing I should have I should have got my boots back on and played. What stopped you putting your boots on? Was it just you wanted to be on the sidelines and watching the game and giving that your all? Rather than being on the pitch, or what was stopped probably. you from playing? Yeah, yeah, probably the probably the the fact that yeah, you you you're the manager. You think you have to you think you have to manage. <laughs> think you have, yeah, you know you think you have to get around the lads. You think you have to go around and talk. I was probably I was I was a bit of a man manager. I, I did my talking, but then I liked to go around the players and and talk to them and give them a little like a little bit of a chat on the pitch and you know maybe yeah I maybe trusted my players too much maybe I thought that they was good enough to do it um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I wish I did, and I wish I'd have known it then because, like I say, I have played since, and I did go and continue playing. And even to this day, I sometimes get my books on and know I can still do a bit, even if it's just with, with my talking and my organisation. And that is something like, like I say, that that we lacked. Yeah, um, we'll we'll just touch on towards the end of your time as manager, and then we'll go back because obviously we want to talk about your time playing. Uh, under Rudy, etc. But John Owens has asked, uh, what transpired for you and Yosa to go from being top of the league to getting sacked in a matter of months? What sort of went wrong? Did uh, you sense there's something wrong going wrong and you tried to stop it or was it, did it just naturally not go the way you wanted it to go? Well, we had, I don't know if you remember, but there was a goalkeeper called Ben Simpson. We signed him and first 10 games, we was, we was fantastic and he got injured and we never really replaced the goalkeeper. We went through through probably five goalkeepers, and you know we, we couldn't get that solidarity at the back, or that, you know that organisation. And then before we know it, you're losing a game, and you're losing a game, and you're losing a game. And at the beginning of the season, when the confidence is up and you're winning games, obviously you're coming into training, you're coming into games, and you know you're going to win. And I think whatever we were saying to teams, we just could not. I win and I think the lads as soon as a goal went in behind that you could see the confidence was just shot you could see it had gone um, the team was a little bit we, we had a really good end to the season the, the season before like I say we just missed out on the playoffs and we tried to build on that and we signed a couple of players and there was maybe some some wrong signings in that as well that didn't really go our our Togetherness, like I said, I touched on my time at Ferriby when we had togetherness, we had a good bond. We tried to recreate that and we tried to get that going. But there was some bad eggs in that team who didn't really want to want to have that. And I think when you when you have a few bad eggs that upset a few of the, 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 the good lads, starts to affect it. And I just think that we just went on a really, really spiral downwards and I think it was about 10 games where we couldn't, we, we couldn't win. A really, really low point, I think New Mills, I think it was, was voted the worst team in, you know, in, in the country. And I think we was getting beat 1-0 when we ended up drawing 1-1. You know, it's like mm. such a negative feeling and a bad, bad time there, really. Yeah. You're not talking about Rory Skelton as one of the bad eggs, are you? No, he was a, he was a good lad. Good. Was he one of your five goalkeepers that he tried? I think he was. Yeah, we give, we give him a chance, mate. We give him good a lad, chance. Rory. He's a good lad, isn't he? To be fair, he's a good lad. Mate. A bit on the short side to be a goalkeeper. <laughs> hey, mate. You know what? We give him a chance, and he give it give it his all. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. that's all we could ever ask, really, for because he was a local lad, wasn't he? Yeah. So he wanted the best for the club, and yeah. that's why I think we give him we give him a chance. Yeah. No. Fair play. Fair play on that one. Um. Yeah, so just let's go back to your time sort of playing at Scarborough. So you signed for, for Scarborough Athletic and obviously playing for the, the man, the myth, the legend that is uh, Mr Funk. We had him on the podcast. That was an, an interesting experience. What was that like going into a dressing room with his first team talk? What, what have we got yourself in for here sort of thing? Yeah, wow. Uh, what a crazy man. Um, <laughs> is it, you know, I had a good relationship with Rudy. Um, a really good relationship with him. He reminded me a little bit like Brian in the way in the way he was and the way he spoke. The way he was with like your family and the way he was with the fans and that. Um, but 
you know, his team talks and that, it, he, you know, and the way that he spoke to some players, sometimes you'd think, you know, you can't, you can't speak to players like that or, you know, what are you, what are you saying? And I don't know, mate, he was crazy. He was, he was one crazy, crazy fella. Um, and yeah, I don't really know what to say about Rudy. It, it didn't, it didn't really end great, did it, with at Scarborough Rudy? You know, he left at Harrogate. It didn't really mm. tell me Yoza why he was leaving. He left. Um, I remember seeing him again when I managed Barton, when he managed Mansfield, and he was he was he was a bit weird with us. He always had that little bit in in his locket, a bit like say crazy. But I think if I saw him now, I think if I rang him up now, I think he'd be like like. The hey Paul, how you doing? Talking to me, inviting round, and they do me a buffet on the table like he did when I was seeing the sausage rolls everywhere and that. And it, you know, that's how crazy he is. So you know, good a good guy. And I ain't got I ain't got a bad way to say about him. It's just an experience in Mascarbra Athletic Town. That's all he was really. What were the emotions like when he left? Because he obviously he left. It was Harrogate Railway away, wasn't it? Harrogate Railway away. And the, you know, it was a Tuesday night. Would 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 been beat, um, and it was a weird one. Like I said, he didn't, he didn't speak to me and Brian. He didn't come and say to us, "This is what we're doing, this is what I'm doing." Uh, he didn't give us the heads up, which I, again I thought was a bit strange because we'd we'd spoke to him on, yeah, you know, we spoke to him every night, trying to 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 help win us games. You know, we was always speaking to him. Um, so yeah, it was a strange one. And then I know Dave was obviously upset and. Um, disappointed that he'd left and then asked us to take over but then it happened it happened quite quickly me and Brian then got the, took over got the job and it as, I mean it's a bit horrible really but in football that's what happens if someone leaves a couple of weeks later they, they, they tend to be forgotten and that's just really what happened at Scarborough really Yeah Highlights uh, of your playing days at Scarborough Athletic then? Um, the highlights of the Scarborough was obviously coming back meeting all the fans again the the boat trips, <laughs> the boat trips at the when I come back there, that, God, that was crazy. Um, driving all the way down on a boat to Whitby and back, getting absolutely wasted. Coming off, going to a pub, doing a kit launch, getting wasted again, going around Scarborough. It was just crazy. Um, what what a great experience that was. Um, one of our other ones we played Telford away. That was a highlight. Um, we, we unfortunately got beat, but it was a, it was a good good run we had in the cup. Um, and then obviously becoming manager was a great was a was a great highlight for me. Uh, although it didn't end fantastic, I loved Scarborough. I loved Scarborough FC. Great memories, and I love Scarborough Athletic. All the fans there have always. Even I remember having an argument with the fans at the end of one game. Them all shouting at me, and I come out of the changing rooms to shout at them. And we had a bicker, and I think it was on the back of the Scarborough news that I'd, I had an argument with them all and that. But they knew, they knew, or at least I hope they knew that I, I like I say, I wore my heart on my sleeve. I was passionate, and I come out because I wanted to say that we are trying. We was given hundred and ten percent, and they knew that. And when I've been back since, everyone's been great, and I've had nothing but love from all the Scarborough fans and I think that'll always be the case yeah yeah four questions from Paul Curzon here um, okay we'll start with uh, we've just kind of touched on this but best moment in a Borough shirt so I'll let you have FC or Athletic there and maybe one from each <laughs> yeah mate my FC one was probably was probably scoring that goal 
because it's my only goal for Scarborough FC. I played in midfield against Kidderminster, um, a header at the back. And it was a really good moment for me personally. Um, the other two I touched on earlier, Dagenham away and, um, and the York City games. The athletic ones, it's a bit, bit, bit blurred memories really, but um, maybe... Maybe the maybe maybe the Whitby games. I like to play in Whitby because they was like out like you know rivals, and they used to give me a bit of stick. And I always liked that. I liked it when fans give me stick because I could give it back, and that was I kind of got into that that rivalry with them. Do you know what I mean? Well, so I probably yeah. like them games. Yeah, yeah. Who did he not like playing against? What teams? I, pre- I presume it means players there, but either. Um, at FC, I remember a kid. I remember when Neil Redfern was in charge at FC. I hadn't played for ages, and I think he wanted to change. I think he wanted to change the team around. They hadn't been doing very well, and he put me and Simon Weaver in against uh, Grays Athletic. And uh, Grays had that lad. Do you remember Aaron McLean ended up going and playing yeah, for the whole yeah. yeah, Peter Brett. It was absolutely rapid, and I hadn't played for ages, and. Um, it put us in. I think we got beat seven nil. And did it was like Mike, did they have Michael Kitely as well and someone else. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Mate, there was there was there was brilliant at the time. Grace up there, yeah. up there. They battered us, and you know, I don't think I played again after that for a while. But <laughs> I, I didn't. I hadn't played for a while before that, so my fitness wasn't great or anything. And I come on and I played against him, and he was always a tough a tough guy to play against. Um, so yeah, probably probably them them guys. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Eldin was always a tough guy to play against. Stevenage uh, was he? Stevenage, yeah. yeah. And that was in me when I played for FC. Um, and then all not all non-league players. There's some good good lads out there, really. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no one else has asked this. So who was the best player you played with? Probably no. Do you know what? Probably Neil Redfern always sticks out for me. Um, I, the way he was, the way he spoke. You know, he, he, he kind of taught me to be a little bit more selfish um, in the game, which has stuck with me, really has stuck with me, that he always used to say, you know, he'd shoot, he'd shoot from everywhere. I mean, it didn't apply to me in shooting, because obviously I was a defender, but just the way he, he always, he shot from anywhere, because, you know, he was selfish because he wanted to score, he wanted to win, and he took that upon himself, and that stuck with me a lot, really, in my life, in, in what I want to do, is always be selfish for me. Don't get me wrong, I've got my morals and you know I'm I'm a, I'm a good lad in that way, but it stuck with me big big time really. So Neil Redfern's had a big impact and and did have a big big impact when I went down there. So yeah. I'd probably say I'd probably say him. Yeah. Jimmy Beale speaks very highly of him as a player and as a professional. Just in terms yeah. of his training, apparently he'd just do what he wanted to do, top bins at all the time, left foot, right foot. Apparently Mate, it's phenomenal. It was outstanding. Again, again, didn't really apply to me because I was never, I was never good at this drill. But he did like a, a finishing drill, and um, it was where there'd be a lad stood either side of the post. They'd ping it to him, and he'd be near the D. He had to take a touch and then volley it into the goal. And like he'd say, just, just like this lads, and someone would ping it to him. He'd probably knee it, volley it top corner, and then just say, yeah, just like that. You know, really, really good player, really good professional. And you could see, obviously, you know, I didn't see him in this peak. He comes to Scarborough at the end of his career. And, you know, the way we, he used to always lead the training, always be at the front of the runs. Um, 
and yeah, you could just you, you, it kind of showed me like like we spoke earlier about coming from non-league to professional. It kind of showed me that that professional side of it. Um, yeah. So he really just out a lot for me, really. I wonder if your good pal uh, Brian Hughes will be upset he didn't mention him there. But was there similarities <laughs> between him and him and Redfern in terms of where they've been in the game and? Brian gets to mention later on when you come to my uh, <laughs> Is he the um, kit man? Yes, <laughs> he's my assistant manager. <laughs> fair one, fair one. Um, Paul Curzon here. Best and worst managers you've played for? Um, best Brian France. Personally, just personally, the way it was for me, it was it was it was brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Um, Nick Henry had a Nick, Nick Henry was, was good, you know. Uh, you know, again, when you when you leave when you leave somewhere and you look back at it, you kind of sometimes reflect a little bit more, don't you? And I, the way that he was with me was actually good. Um, but yeah, Brian France on that one. Worst, worst was probably, and it's probably again no fault to his own, but Neil Parsley coming at North Ferriby, right. and uh, he come in when Brian France left, and. He just wanted to change everything, and it was just wrong timing and wrong way of doing it. Didn't really the lads didn't really like him, the fans didn't really like him, and it, I mean it ended. I think he only managed there for a few months, and then he, right. he got sacked. I think. Right. Okay. Um, Paul Curzon, career highlight. Um, career highlight. Obviously, signing for Scarborough FC. You know, becoming professional, even if it was for two years. That's obviously a massive, massive career highlight for me. Um, secondly, on that one is probably winning the treble with Ferriby in 2013 um, to, to take them into the Conference North. So that was a really good career highlight for me because I ended on I ended on a on a high at North Ferriby, captaining them to three trophies. So they're probably my career highs. And I'll add to that one a career low, just to balance it out. You know what? Probably get probably well getting sacked. I mean, it says we're left we're left mutual, but we we got sacked. You know, let's not let's not beat around the bush. So <laughs> yeah, it's true though, isn't it, mate? You know, yeah. let's not. No, yeah, yeah. We, we got sacked. Who was doing rubbish? And I remember a game. I can't remember who it was against, but Yoz was away with um, with his eye to eye company. He was away in America, and it was chucking it down with snow and hailstone. In, and I remember being out at Bridgetown. I was getting beat and I was on my own and I remember just looking at the you know I, I felt on my own and that was a really career low because I knew what was coming I knew like yours weren't with me because he was in America you know it wasn't his fault he, he, he was doing his job and it just felt at a really low point I didn't have my assistant manager or the assistant at the time with us I didn't have none of the players with us there was no one else giving us support and I was on that sideline in the snow my hair was shaved big, so all the hailstone was pinging off my head, and it just was. Uh, yeah, what a very good point, mate. I'm sure Stuart Welsh will comment on this when it comes out. What, what, what game it was, what score it was, who scored? Oh, he was probably giving me a lot of crap from behind the dugout. <laughs> what the attendance was, Definitely. how much the pie was, or something. Um, your good pal Gary Bradshaw has said, in my opinion, footy stopped playing too early. Was still easily the best CB and captain I played with. Why did he stop? And also, does he wish he took up the role of assistant or sole manager instead of joint with Yozza? So you've already touched on that, that a bit. So why did he stop yeah, playing? Um, 
I don't, I don't honestly, you know, when I look back, I don't really know. I don't know whether it was, I'd had a couple of injuries. I don't know whether I'd lost that passion and that desire to play. And I think, I don't know whether I'd been, obviously I'd been lent on by Rudy to, you know, to be the assistant. So maybe is it, is it, you know, have I seen that as a new step? So that took over. Um, I don't really know. I mean, me and Gary speak a lot at work about our past and about football and about what we should have done, what we shouldn't have done. And, I, you know, he knows the answer to this. He knows, I shouldn't, he knows I shouldn't have stopped playing. And he also knows the answer that I should have took up the assistant role instead. Um, but, yeah, I wish, I wish I'd have stayed playing. And, you know, I love his, I love his, his, his compliment of being the best centre-back. And, he's, you know, it, it, you know it's, it's, it's just a great compliment from him, really. Yeah. Let's just, before we go on to one to 11, just touch on, on the management side of things. Were you thrust into it reluctantly or did it just, was it a surprise you? Was it something you always wanted to get into? And then I understand you've managed, you said before you've managed other clubs since Scarborough, so touch on that. And where you are, are at now in terms of, out of the, obviously you said you're out of the game at the moment. Is it something you're looking to get back into at some point? Yeah, so my, my dad. My dad actually run a Sunday league team who my brother played for and who I played for before I went to Ferriby. And that was called Wesley. And my dad, my dad managed them. They actually got put in the Scarborough news once about me managing them because I managed them from the age of about 20, I think it was. I managed this men's team on a Sunday. It was all my mates because my dad had chucked it. Um, and there was, the, the team was going to fold. So basically I took over and I said, I'll manage them because it was all my mates. And I managed them for about six years. So from the age of 20, I'd already, I'd already been managing a team of all my mates, which probably already put me on that platform of knowing what I wanted to do. And I, cause I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I took all the training from Scarborough in my full time and I did it on a, on a Wednesday night down at the local AstroTurf. And the lads absolutely loved it. And we ended up winning the Sunday Premier League once. And you know, that was a really good highlight of ours for me and all, the, all, of, all of our lads, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we all meet up now and have our Wesley Day out, something that we always laugh and joke about because it was a good achievement, really, for the Sunday League. Yeah. Um, it was back when there was 19 divisions, you know, back when yeah. it was brilliant. It was a really good time. Um, then when I was at Ferriby, I was always captain. So I was always like that leader. I always wanted to, you know, to take control and so on and so on. And then I, when I mentioned... Um, Neil Parsley left and Neil Allenson took over. He was 12, Neil Allenson, so on and so on. And then John Anderson took over. And then when John Anderson left North Ferriby, um, I managed North Ferriby for four games while they was looking for a manager. So I kind of had a little bit of a spell there. Then they, they managed Billy, uh, sorry, they got Matt Billy Ethan to a manager. Um, so obviously I was just playing. So it was always in me. I'd always done a little bit of managing here yeah. and there. Always been that, like I said, that leader. Um, so when Rudy was in charge, I think he lent on me a lot for just ideas. And like I say, I, I've always been outspoken. So even in the dressing room, if I had something to say, I'd say it. And that just, I suppose, that just is the, ne na the next natural step to go to be that coach, really. Yeah. And obviously, you left Scarborough. Um, and, and what have you done since? Just touched on your career since and up up to now. And then, like you say, any plans to get back into the game? You yes, said before so about putting your boots on as well, didn't you? So yes. So I left when I left Scarborough. Um, I went to well, Gary actually left Scarborough. Gary Bradshaw left Scarborough and went to Hull United under Curtis Woodhouse. 
And then when I left, I went to Hull United and played a few few games with him. Um, so and that was there were some good lads on there. I mean, Curtis is great to listen to. Yeah. Uh, Martin Martin Foster, great great kid, and I you know I got along with him. I only met him really there. But what a, what a good kid he is, and he, that kind of gave me a little bit more love of the game. Um, so I was with them for a bit, but unfortunately that didn't end well at Hull United for them. And I think I was only there for like four months, five months. Curtis went, Martin went, me and Bradders went. And I was going to actually sign for Mansfield um, under Rudy Funk. Right. Uh, I was going to go there. But Barton Town had just sat their manager. but they had, And they'd put an announcement out for a manager. So I thought I'd go for that job. And I got the job at Barton Town. Uh, and that was a really good experience, but they, they had no money. I think the budget was something like about four hundred quid a week. Um, it was, I know, from going from the budget wow. I had at Scarborough yeah. to the budget that I got at Barton, and then there was like no players. I was like having to. I mean, I didn't. I think, I think I was getting something like thirty quid a week, so I didn't even take the thirty quid. I think I ended up giving the thirty quid to a player, right? Um, because I just wanted to get into management. Um, we we had a good seat. I mean, we were bottom of the league all year because we had no players and it was a really tough going, but there were some good lads there and some good lads that have gone on to, to do well. Um, Jamie Williamson, uh, James Williamson, sorry, um, Scouse, who ended up coming to Scarborough for a little bit. Yeah, He, he was a, an outstanding player for us and it was a good eye-opener and it was one that probably would, would have put me in good stead had I stayed there. But Siemens come calling, Siemens come built a, built a factory in Hull and it was a good job. And that was one I had to take, really. So I had to take the job at Siemens. So I come out of football. I dropped out of football. Um, I didn't. I didn't play. I didn't play anything at football for a while. I didn't. Um, I didn't really do anything. I, I flirted in and out of football with some teams and just got involved. And then last year, I signed for a vets team because I, I thought, right, I'll give this vets a go. And I signed for a vets team called Blackies. Um, and then obviously with COVID, we've been in and out of that. Yeah. That can start up again next week. So that maybe ties alongside my boot camp. I'll be able to go start get my boots back on for the vets. And the good thing the good thing about the vets is um, it plays it's every other Sunday and it ties in with my shifts brilliant. So right. you know, I get to I get to play my vets football. And recently I played a couple of games for Ferriby Reserves. They asked me to go and play for them. Their reserve team, uh, I think right near the bottom of the league, they're, they're all like 18, 19-year-olds, real young lads, need a bit of guidance. And I thought, right, why not? So I went and played a couple of games for them on a Saturday when I wasn't working. Um, but again, obviously with COVID, that got knocked on the head. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, really. Future-wise, I think at the minute, mate, I'm, I'm at Siemens and there's not a lot I can do. I'd love to get back in the game. I would love to. Um, I'd I'd love to get back into coaching. I'd love to be involved in some type of academy, or you know, I'd, I'd, I really would love to. That is where my passion is. But I just think at the minute there's nothing out there that can yeah. can, can give me that really. So I spend the other Sundays. I, I help run a Sunday, my boys' Sunday league team. Um, he's only ten, so I love going to watch him. And I think I'm I think I'm all right with that. I think I'm happy with that. Yeah. I think I love. You know, I love playing myself, but I'm, you know, I'm happy watching Thomas play. He plays for North Ferriby, so he's following in my footsteps. Nice. 
and that's where my passion is. My passion is with my boy, watch it, watching him play, really. Yeah, definitely. Just before we go on to your run to 11, and obviously it's, it's Scarborough, FC and Scarborough flag players, do you, do you look out for Borough's results? And, and I presume you've still got quite a strong affinity for the club. I always look out for him. I always look out for probably every team that I've, that I've played for. Um, it, it was a bit raw when I left. Didn't like it when I left. Like I say about me being passionate and where you know, you know, take things to heart. Sometimes I didn't, I didn't like it when I left, and I and I stayed away from coming to games. I just, I, I wanted to take the club back to weaponness. I wanted to be the me and Brian wanted to go back there. We wanted to be involved in the academy there, and we didn't get the opportunity to. And so it was a bit raw, a bit. It wasn't good, um, but. Obviously, this you know friends in the game that you keep your eye out for and you you look out for, and I'm not a bitter person, you know. I don't I don't hold grudges with people and I don't hold grudges with clubs that I've been at, and I you know it takes too much energy out of you, doesn't it, to do that? So I always keep an eye out for all the clubs I've been involved in. Have you been to the Flamingo Land Stadium before yet? Touch again? No, do you know what? You know what? I haven't. We were supposed to be playing a Legends game, and then I think that that got called off, didn't it, because of mm. COVID. Um, I was due to come to another game once, but it was I was working. Like I say, I work my shifts, um, so I haven't been. So I look forward to when it gets up and come in again, and everything's going back to normal. And maybe if there's a Legends game, I can scrape a game. Um, that that'd be good to come back and see everybody there. No one will recognise you with that barnet, mate. I don't know how I know, mate. I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right, the, the floor is yours. We'll finish off with your 1 to 11. Um, there's always contentious things in this. People going up picking themselves or not picking themselves and some people do fancy formations. So I'll hand over to you. You can clarify that and then, and then fire away. Yeah, so I'll stick to a 4-4-2. Like um, it. So that... But I like that formation, but also so I can get people people in. <laughs> um, I won't play myself because the three centre backs that I've, I have to mention, the I liked them a lot, and I'll probably put them above me to to play. Um, so I'll start off with a goalkeeper. Um, the goalie I'm putting in is is probably purely just because I really loved him and he was a great kid and I got along with him really well and it's, uh, it's Lee Walker, Wacker from my Scarborough FC days. And what a character he was uh, from Sheffield. He travelled in with Ty and um, Colin Crying and I just got along with him from the off. He was crazy. Um, you know, but, but I probably just put him in there because he was ace. I really, I really got along with him. <laughs> he was, was a good keeper as well, wasn't he? Yeah. It was, was a great keeper. Um, but the other goalkeeper that I probably have to mention is when I spoke about the athletic days and we had like five keepers and we couldn't really get a keeper was a young lad from Hull City, Joe Cracknell, who we got in. Yeah, very good. Harrogate now, isn't he? Yeah, he was awesome. He was mm. absolutely fantastic. And I think if we'd have had him from the off, from the start of the season, we'd have had him all the way through. Yeah. I think we'd be, we'd be talking different today on this podcast because mm. he, he was outstanding. So yeah, I'd have to name them two really. I mean, Ian Dunbavon come in at my time at Scarborough FC. But I didn't really play with him much because of my injury. Um, Here's so probably... about him being a bit yeah. dramatic. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, I I wasn't really around at the time, probably because of my injury. I spent a lot of the time at the Crown in in the in the jacuzzi. Um, so... <laughs> Hard life, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> like, damn it, I didn't get looked after great when I was at that area. <laughs> Sat in the jacuzzi. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Hey, Pass for me. 
right, right back, I'd probably I'd pick Ashlav, um, young lad coming to the team, Scarborough lad, um, or from around that area, wasn't he? Whitby, um, yeah. That's right, Whitby. Um, good lad, good energy on him, and yeah, he he was one who steady away at right back when when he got in the team. He was he was a good lad, yeah. and probably the one that I would put alongside him to maybe be his backup would be the, another young lad from my athletic days. Um, Ben Middleton, um, good player, really good lad. Saw a lot of me in him, uh, raw, passionate. Wanted to get stuck in. Um, he ended up going to play for North Ferriby and then ended up going to Harrogate as, as well. Mm. Uh, I think he's still doing doing well. Uh, but a good lad. But I'd, I would put Ashlav above him. He was a good lad. Um, Centre back, first person that probably made a massive impact on me at Scarborough FC, Steve Baker. Um, what a guy. He'd train in the snow without his shirt on because he was that hairy and that just kept him warm, right? But a great, great athlete, um, great professional. I loved his stories about his Middlesbrough days. Um, um, speak to him now still, you know, keep in touch with him. Just just a, gr a great player. Really helped me along the way at my time at Scarborough. Like I mentioned, the Dagenham game when we won 2-0. Probably the game I've, you know, he'll, he'll remember it. We, we we was outstanding that game. Was two at the back, and the strikers didn't want to know us because uh, we was nasty. We was horrible. We got stuck in. We elbowed them. We kicked them. We, what? Just a really good centre back next to me, really, and helped me along my way. Fantastic. Yeah, can't hardly enough of Bates. Really, really mm. good guy. Um, toss up to who would go next to him would be out of Simon Weaver and Mark Hot. Um, Mark Hot was. Small, but could 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 win could win the ball in the air, and it was real. It, again, it was a nasty player. Got stuck in. Weaves, Weaves was more of a footballer type one, but again, would you know? It got stuck in, and he was aggressive with it. Um, but both of them two, both of them two for me had a had a good impact on me, and I like to learn off them. Those obviously both older, they'd both been experienced, both been in the game. And it, there was both guys who I could take a lot from, really. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, who would you say is the best uh, centre back at junior athletic? Obviously, yourself aside, who would you say stood out for you in that position? I'd maybe move Ben Middleton into centre back yeah. and save him. Dean Lyles, maybe, but he was quite injury prone sometimes. Mm. Um, Dan Wilkinson, bless him. Uh, mm. He was he was a, he was a very good centre back when he came to us. Um, Andy Milne, I don't think I got the. I don't think I played with Andy Milne when he was at his best. He left and then he started. He did really, really well for Taddy. I mm. don't think I. I don't think I played with Andy at his best, really. Right. Which I would have liked to have done because I heard a lot about. I heard a lot of good mm. things about Andy Milne, really. And mm. he was a nice lad, and I would have liked to have played alongside him at his best. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Left back. Uh, only one kid really who can go here for me from my FC days, uh, Kevin Nicholson. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, steady away. It was there every single week. He was fantastic, great professional. Again, um, again, it was one of them who showed me the professional side of it. Um, always doing things right, even like you know when the getting his, getting his massages right afterwards, you know, preparing right, just doing everything in the correct in the correct manner, and ended up having a really good career. Uh, ended up being talkie manager, I, I believe, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know. He deserves it. He deserves it, just Kev, because everything he did, he did it. He did it in the correct, in the correct manner, 
yeah. um, and, a very, and a very good left back in my opinion. Yeah, he was. <laughs> the one from Athletic would have to be Steve Ridley because really? just have, I'd have him in. I've, I would have Ridders in any team that I was involved in purely for his banter. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. He'll enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll start with right midfield. Um, Tyrone Thompson from the FC days. Uh, like I say, I met him when I went on trial at Sheff Sheffield United. He stood out there. When I come to uh, FC, he again, he was one that made an effort with me, with the other Sheffield boys like Yuaka and that lot. We had a good bond. Um, but he was a good player, up and down the wing, would get stuck in, would, would score some long-range efforts, um, chipped in with the goals, passionate. I think the fans liked him. Um and he always give 110%. And obviously that was one of the things that I, that I, that I was like. So it was definitely one of, my, one of my top players. Ended up having another good, good career in him. Um, believe went to Crawley. Um, I'm sure he went to Crawley for a bit. But again, kept in touch with Tyrone. Well, he's, he's an agent now, I believe. Right, um, okay. I, I met up with him a couple of years ago and had a coffee with him. And uh, become a good friend, really. So... I would have to keep him in the team. Yeah. Centre midfielders, I think, you know, one of them will be uh, Neil Redfern. Um, I'd have to have him in my team <laughs> just for everything I spoke about earlier, really. Uh, and his centre midfield partner would have to be Brian Hughes. Um, plenty of experience there. Plenty. I mean, what a midfield tool that is. Um, Jose, when <coughs> I, knew, I knew of Jose from when I played at Ferriby because we played games against Hull City in pre-season. And obviously, being a Hull lad, you know, you see the Hull City team and so on and so on. So, I got to see a lot about Jose and I knew how good he was. You only have to go and type in Brian Hughes' top goals to see how good Brian is. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was a fantastic player. But then when you train with him, it was going back to like the Red Fame. When you train with somebody, you really see how good somebody is. And his touch was fantastic. His awareness was fantastic. Um, vision, he struck the ball. Everything about yours, how he played, was brilliant. And his desire to win, you know, his desire to win was there to see. He wanted to win at, 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 any, at any means. Um, so I'd have to have him in there. Uh, played, played alongside some other good midfielders, obviously, like Neil Bishop, fantastic player for Scarborough FC, and I think recently Scarborough Athletic. Yeah, he's just announced his leaving. Yeah, he went on and had a great, great career. Um, but it'd have to be them too. Mm. Uh, left midfield, I'm, I'm going to put Scott Kerr left midfield, although it was a sent midfield there. But I can't leave Scott Kerr out. Yeah. Scott, Kerr, Scott Kerr was captain when I was at Scarborough FC. And he was a great player and he was a great leader. For, for a little lad, he had a lot of passion and a lot of like, like belief. And he, he really led the team well. And he was a, a proper fan's favourite and, and a leader. And chipped in with some goals. A great athlete. Very fit. Another one that took to me, that you know, that helped me when I when I got there, and things like that stuck, stand out for me. Um, things like that stick with me, and it'd be somebody who I'd want in my eleven. Yeah. Uh, Left-sided players, really. I remember Keith Gilroy was good. Yeah. Good player. Good player for Scarborough FC, and then obviously for the Athletic days, you may be looking at your Alex Metcalf, Cameron Murray, um, Ryan Williams type players, but it'd be Scott Kerr I'd stick in there. Yeah. And the glory positions up top. This was a this was a tough one. This was a really tough one. Um, 
the first person that actually sticks out to me is Mark Quill. Um, a, a great, a great lad. Really, really, really great lad. And I had a really good relationship with him in, in my first year at Scarborough FC. And a really good professional again. I mean, obviously, as you can probably tell by the players I'm naming, they, they were the ones that stuck out to me were the professional ones, the ones that really had an effect on me coming from non-league to this to this professional outfit. And um, Quirley was class. It was it was nasty with it as well. Got about them, um, toe pokers in the box. You know, he was a, he was a really good forward. Um, and what one one that I'd have in my team every day of the week. Yeah. The other two that I'm going to mention before I mention the lad who's probably going to go alongside Quirley is Ryan Blot and Michael Coulson. Um, and I'd be, I'd be, it'd be wrong of me if I didn't mention Jimmy Beadle because the three of them lads all was um, like the young lads and the YTSs or uh, when I first went to Scarborough FC. So I've known them lads from a very, very young age and I've seen them come from cleaning the books in the in the changing rooms, sweeping the changing rooms, to then breaking into the first team at Scarborough FC, to then obviously playing for Scarborough FC in the conference, to then playing for Scarborough Athletic, mm-hmm. to then going on and having great careers. And Ryan Blot, Michael Coulson, Jimmy Beadle are absolute Scarborough legends, Scarborough lads, um, great kids, great characters, all three different all three different lads different characters um, but I've got so much time for all three of them and they're definitely 100% being my squad um, but I'm going to have to keep the other forward position to, to my mate Bradders because if I don't he'll chew my ear off at work as to why he didn't get in um, Where's the height in your forward line? You can't play a long ball with, uh, with Quayle and, and Bradshaw up top can you? Well, to be fair though, mate, with Bradders, although he was small, he gave them them big big defenders um, some trouble, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve Eath at Frickley, he was a big lad. He was a nasty, horrible kid. But he used to have some right good battles with Bradders. He always come off the pitch saying how much he he knew he was in he was in with a fight with Bradders. Yeah. But I played with Bradders. I played with Bradders for over ten years. Yeah. I know what he's about. I know I know that he's there. I know that he's there when the going gets tough. Um, it was in, it was unfortunate when we was losing all them games, and I think the reason he left is because he felt it personal, personally attached to me that he couldn't score and he wouldn't he wasn't scoring, and I think he, he he didn't like it, and I think that that was he had to leave to try and find his his, his scoring boots again. But yeah. I probably picked Bradders there. There were some of the good strikers along the way, but I mean maybe you would put Jimmy up there with Quirley for a bit of height. Maybe that's where you'd swap the swap do you do your sub and put Jimmy up there maybe. <laughs> If you need, if you need to go along, switch it up and go along. Uh, and I yeah. presume Brian Francis, gaffer of the team. Yeah, I'm going to make Brian Francis the, the gaffer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'll be I'll be Brian Francis' assistant. Seeing as I, I didn't take assistant role when I should have done, I will um, I will step down from playing now and I will take the assistant role of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's been fantastic, that part of it. Have you enjoyed looking back and, and discussing all your, your career and bits and pieces? Have you enjoyed coming on? I have, mate. Yeah, you know what? Thank you for having me. It's been it's been a pleasure to speak to you. And you know, I was a little bit nervous coming on to coming on to this. I've been out of the game for four and a half years. You you kind of sometimes feel a bit of a forgotten forgotten man going back into work. And you know, it's been good reflecting on it all and talking about it and naming a few of them players. There, it's nice to remember them. 
Um, nice to remember the games, listening to some of them um, questions that I got from some of them, some of the fans, like Stuart, obviously. Yeah. I knew he'd ask a question and, and that was great. So, yeah, you know what, mate? It's been, it's been brilliant. So, thank you. No, thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. It's been good to catch up. And I, hopefully we'll see you at, at the Flamingo Land Stadium next season because I think you've been made more than welcome. Definitely, mate. Yeah. While, while, while I'm on, Dan, I'll just say, well, I was looking through a few programmes the other day just because I wanted to try and just rejog my memory on a few things. And I come up across uh, a letter. I only got one letter while I was at Scarborough FC um, from a fan. And I don't know if he's still a fan, but it was from a guy called Gary Wilson. And right. uh, he wrote to me to tell him because it was when I'd scored my goal against uh, Kidderminster. But one of the funny things was that he said, the one thing that worries, worries me about me was uh, my temperament and that he wanted to see me playing more on the field rather than getting booked or <laughs> getting sent off or going in with silly tackles. Um, so I just wanted to say thanks for that letter, Gary. Um, it, it, I don't know if it made much difference because I continued to fly into my tackles and get booked and sent off throughout my career. But um, yeah, it was, it was a nice letter, mate, and I appreciate it. You're going to get some stick for that now, aren't you? Fans telling you to calm down on the pitch. For, uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. I'm sure if Gary's listening, he'll get in touch uh, and we'll hear from him soon. But no, genuinely do appreciate your time there, Paul. All the best. Keep, good, good luck with the uh, getting back into action and uh, and keep cracking on with the, with the fitness. I will do, mate. Thank Brilliant. you very much, Dan. Thank you. Cheers, Paul. Thanks, mate. You've been listening to the latest episode of the SN Sport Extra Time podcast, sponsored by Askew Brook. For the latest local sports news, visit www.thescarboroughnews.co.uk slash sport. And don't forget to buy your copy of the Scarborough News every Thursday, featuring all the latest sports news, roundup and reaction.